Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good afternoon or good morning. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, welcome if you're listening for the first time, or welcome if you're not listening for the first time and you listen all the time. My name's George. I'm here with Sean. Hello, Sean. Good evening, George. I'm here with Reese. Hello, Reese. Hello. I'm loving the points. What points? You're pointing What's to us. What's the point, mate? I don't know. And John. Hello, John. Hello. You need How's to lighten up, mate. Yeah, I, I should lighten up. Do you want to share that? Well, um, I'm. Uh, at the game on Saturday, uh, one of our listeners came up. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch your name. And he said, oh, you're Sean from More Than Just Podcast. And uh, I shook his hand and was chatting to him. While I must say that uh, George and John immaturely were making wanker signs at me. <laughs> <laughs> not we were, we were quite lightened up then, weren't we? So I pointed them out. And he went, I went, that's John, that's George. I said, uh, that's John up there. And he said, oh, well, tell that John, he needs to lighten up a bit. And then, then I watched... Lighten up a bit, John. And then I watched Palace versus West Ham versus Palace. Yeah, that's enough. And then that, I really right? lightened up. Yeah. So I'm just going to come out and say it. I left at 3-0. Yeah. Which was, what, 55 minutes? And we stayed <laughs> to the very end because we we're true supporters. We did stay right to the very end. Well... I was also becoming very hungover after my drunkness yeah. was wearing off from the night before, so I had True. another excuse. Uh, so we lost 3-1. I missed the one goal. Sean, you've written here, we were shite. We were shite. Uh, we were. <laughs> we lost 3-1. It was one very disappointing, wasn't it? the worst of the season. Probably the worst. Yeah, I'd agree. Don't get ahead of yourself. It was up there with Southampton. At home. Yeah. It was pretty. It was poor all round. But, you know, on a positive note, because I'm lightening up. Yeah, ooh, oh, On a positive oh, note, positive I don't note? think we've got any injuries, did we? I think we made well, it through Sacco without any injuries. Injured. Oh, no, we've no, got, no, got an elbow. We've got an elbow. We'll talk about that. Oh, wait, don't so, jump the so, running order. Yeah. Having watched that pile of shite, as you've put on there, hmm. the positive I can take out of it is that we didn't get any injuries. So, the, the well po- done. The positive is uh, it was an early kickoff. And uh, we went to the pub 
uh, with yep. our friend Sarah, John, myself, and Sarah. Nigel Khan was supposed to meet us, but was apparently so depressed he couldn't even join us. Two other guys were supposed to meet us. They had the same thing. They left early. Yeah. So we uh, we met in the Black Line, and we had quite a few sherbets. And then we went on to the sports bar in Waterloo and, and had a really good evening, despite, as you would say, John, a great day, sport bar, 90 minutes of football, if I can nick your saying. You can? You can. But it was. It was a good, it was a good evening. It was, a very, it was a very poor, but then these silly o'clock kickoffs are not very conducive to a great atmosphere and an exciting game of football, I think. I think everyone seems to be a little bit, like George was, hungover. So the game was so boring, at one point, uh, George showed me a tweet from Paddy Power, which said, uh, who would pay £5 billion for this shite, um, in reference to, obviously, the £5 billion Sky and BT paid to... Screen games live, and, and I, I don't know, you watched at home, didn't you? The game live, Reese. Mm. Uh, was it a riveting game to watch as it much as it was? As, as, as dire as it was, there's still four goals, still three terrible, terrible, terrible goals from yeah. Palace, all carbon copy of each other, really. Yeah, terrible, Poor terrible marking. Poor I mean, what Reed was doing. No well, I think they idea. all had a shocker. You know, Reed Tompkins and, and Cresswell, obviously. But the, the first one is kind goal. of a a freak goal. It's poor marking to get the initial header, but it's just a slice. You take that and whatnot. The second one from Reed's just abysmal. I mean, if you watch it from the start of the corner, he's not even marking anyone. He's got a free running, is it? Uh, Dan's, is it, that scores? Scott Dan, Scott yeah. Dan, Scott yeah. Dan. He just, I mean, there's dubious about his arms on top of him, but... He's just got a free run on him. And then the last one's just a simple routine free kick that's been poorly marked again. It's just three simple goals. Simple. Yeah. It's just switching off. I think like we've said before in previous ones, a lot of players are switching off. A lot of players are looking ahead. To the summer. To the summer, to the summer holidays. holidays. Or their little trip to Dubai, which we'll or, talk or, about later. Yeah. Just, just to think, minds are elsewhere. <clears throat> and teams, no matter how bad they are, which Palace are playing okay... We'll punish it at that level. Yeah, poor defence. Yeah, we've got nothing to play for. Hmm. Season is over. Season is over. We've got one point till safety, John. Well, one point till safety. Yeah. But I think the fat one will get us that point. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll probably get quick, it on Wednesday. Quick stat of taps before we uh, go on to questions. We had 66% possession, 22 shots and 5 on target. Uh, Palace had 34%, 12 shots with five on target. So stats say we dominated, we just yeah. didn't convert. We didn't, yeah. That it surprised me somewhat. <coughs> um, but as you say, stats can show you that... We you just know. kept passing the well, ball Well, they were getting on the away. break. Their plan, I'll tell you what, the one thing I will say... Now, we did talk on, on the night about... Well, John certainly did talk and said, look, I'm not sure you can blame Sal Allardyce because um, he put out the best eleven. Yeah, I, I would say that that was the that team was we'd all want to see. It was just... But, and I, even though I'm pro Allardyce, all I say is <laughs> that... Um, when it suits. Alan Pardew had a better plan. He was... I think people have found us out. You know, we have two different styles. You know, we have the diamond formation and we have the old Sam Allardyce uh, lump it long formation, don't we? But he's still and, and we've been found out on both, and, and teams now n- know how to counteract a diamond formation. But he still insists on not playing Downing in the tail of that diamond. Well, game. well, I don't yeah, know why. 
Yeah, I don't know why either. That is question number two on our, on our running order. But the, the, the other thing is, why when you saw, when Alan Pardew, obviously, I mean, it's the stat show, Alan Pardew had set it up to get us on the break, and it was very successful. So when he saw that, why didn't he change the team to counteract the way Palace had set up to get us on the break? I don't know. Why didn't he? Why didn't he? Question. Question. So, first question. Um, why didn't we play the previous 75 minutes like we did the last 15? We were like a changed team in the last 15 minutes. I didn't see it. You didn't see it, so this is one for John. Well, that was down to the fact that they were down to 10 men at that point and uh, we scored a goal. Uh, we, we, there, we, there seemed to be a bit more passion. There seemed to be a bit more togetherness well, in that last 15 minutes. Well, they seemed to wake up a bit, didn't they? And that Nene come on and hit the bar, didn't they? Yeah, and too little, too late. It was. Reese. Well, like John said, and that it's just you, you're going to get that. You get one goal back. There's still 15 and however much stoppage time they would have given left. And it's a 10-man team. They're naturally going to sit off and sit back and try and keep the... Um, well, just defend as much as they can, and to their credit, they did. I mean, the only real one was that um, Kuate shot near the end. That was probably the best chance mm. that that they they managed to create. But they did the right thing. They just sat back, and the yeah. game was won. The game was already won. All right. Next question. Question. John <laughs> um, has already uh, touched on this, but why was Stuart Downing played on the right by Big Sam yet again? It no. doesn't work, Sam. I'm trying to look at this, and I might be wrong, but Kelly that was playing there is uh, right-footed. So playing against someone to cut inside, potentially that might have been it. But I might be wrong in that, so don't... Or he could play in the middle at the head but, of the diamond where he's been so successful for a large part of the season mm. and just but, start there. And but he certainly, every time he's played him on the right, I don't, I can't remember one time that that's worked. He's, he's not... He's, Someone could, Sean. I'm his sure. form and his, you know, everything about his game picked up when he was brought into the middle and was a bit of a I saw one in back his England place, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. so... George? Yeah, no, I agree. I don't doesn't know. Work. I, I, yeah, it doesn't work. I don't know why he, he last season he was played on the right <clears throat> as well, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was yeah, crap, he was rubbish. Awful, yeah. mm. Exactly. May, maybe Sam sees something that we don't see. He's a tactical genius. He's a and ta- ta- Sam Aladici. Hmm. Question um, number three. Yeah, tactics. Question. Would anyone here like to see? Alan Pardew back at West Ham one day. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> John. No, not really. I've said this before on the podcast. Um, he, the, my fondest memories of watching West Ham from my short time that I have compared to Sean, not, as, not really as long as you, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, when Alan Pardew was in charge and yeah. we got uh, to the playoff final once, to the playoff final again and to the cup final. I, I, w- I would like him and back. To as long as we can allegedly keep him away, allegedly from players' wives, <laughs> then I think uh, I think it'd be fine. And I think him and DG get on quite well. I think they were 
neighbours, uh, were neighbours, are neighbours, I don't know. Watch neighbours. Maybe. <laughs> How about you, Reese? Alan Pardew for West Ham job? Yeah, maybe. He's not a standout. He's not a standout. I mean, he's... All right, next Just said the promotion uh, and the cup final, that's... You're living on well, the well, if you think about it, memories. What has Allardyce ever won, ever achieved? He got promotions. Oh, you're so anti-Allardyce he, all the time. Lighten up. He's not him. even been to a cup final, has he? Who? I don't think so, Allardyce. Sam's teams do not go down. Sam's teams do not go down. Did he win with Bolton? I don't know, or, did he? Well, I'm not sure. That's my question. Question? Question? So, next question. Did any West Ham player, in your view, deserve to be named man of the match? It was named by the sponsor, Stuart Downing. That was the West Ham man of the match. Yeah. Not necessarily the man of the match. Yeah, when I know. You, it's when who you, they want to meet. When you have to pick a West Ham man of the match, I think a West Ham player does deserve to be named man of the match. Mm. Of course. You just, so who, just pick who, someone who, they want to meet. So, my question is, did anyone deserve to be named man of the match? I think we covered this, really. It was the worst Who? performance for ages. No. I know, but did anyone? Well, I don't know. One to Valencia for Valencia. I was thinking maybe Valencia. For it's a good and, goal. And, and he hit the bar. So. It was a good goal, but keeper should have saved it, right? Yeah, he did kind of tip it in the corner. Anywho. Yeah. Next Anywho. question. Question. Doing actions to this. We uh, touched on this once before in the podcast, yeah, but let's has. ask it officially now. Okay. Was this the worst performance of the season? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Um, uh, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. Controversial. I think Southampton, we were yeah. really bad, and that, had, that was... As bad as this. Surely right. losing to Southampton is... is is not as bad as losing okay, at home yeah, I'll accept to Crystal argument. Palace because right. because going of, down. also because of the way we've played before now because when we got done by Southampton we were still settling down as a team but we know how well we can play and yes all right well that's four yeses point. which gets us to the next question oh through to the next round question so the final question what should happen to Jedinak? For the elbow and Sacco. Well, he's getting the four-game ban, isn't he? Yeah, that's, what should, that's what should happen. Yeah, he's getting the four-game ban. Has that been the official? The, F- the FAR. I, think, I, mean, I thought the FAR reviewing it, the video we put on well, Facebook group, which is, George? The FAR Facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast. Double it's an official charge, but r- lots of places it was are pretty suggesting that he's going to get no, it is four Sky years. reporting it is four a four-game yeah, ban. Yeah, BBC Sport confirm it's he's been charged with violent conduct and... Because he's done something in the past as well. That's why he's got an extra game or something. He should get a severe ban for it. He's, he's deliberate. He looks at him and does him. If if he, he's got till eight, 6 o'clock tomorrow to respond, if he accepts the charge, he will miss four games. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't think um, it was a sending off. No? Nope. But wasn't he there doesn't a... raise his leg. He he, yeah, there's needless for him to go what, in after Murray? the ball. Yeah, yeah no, but he uh, just stands his leg. I don't leg. know if it but was. Murray should have been it was sent a off second early. yellow, and he's had plenty of opportunities. He should to have get been. Don't get me wrong. He should have been booked. He should have been booked before. Yeah, he yeah, should have been booked. But for the initial, uh, as the refs ever had a brilliant weekend as usual. Yeah. Um, I don't deem that one to be a um, right sending off. Well, that's it. Nothing to see here. Move on. Bad day at the office. Let's not speak about the Palace game ever again. Until. Until, Sean. 
Uh, After we've heard. <laughs> let's see what the gaffer had to see. Sam, what's your assessment of that today? Shocked, to be fairly honest with you. I think that, um, you know, our level of performance wasn't where I expected it to be. And I think that, um, you know, from that point of view, it's a really disappointing when we built the expectation up to um, be playing so well here at, at home this season and uh, getting some fantastic results. And today, just about the basics, really. The, 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 the know-how to break a team down like Palace, we've we've worked on but if we don't play to our best and we're not all unsung at, at this level of performance then you know we we struggled and when we make the lads aware of the most important thing today was Crystal Palace's set plays because the the 50% uh, of their goals have come from that area we have lost the game on two corners and a free kick and that was really um, you know, I can accept losing the game, but when we've really done all our work on how to stop them and how to make sure it's difficult for them, it's far, far too easy um, on on how they scored and how they won the game. Uh, they were better than us as well, I think, in general play for most of the game. But you stay in the in the throes of a game when it's not going your way and make sure you don't concede goals like that. And for us, it was much, much too far a, a mountain to climb once uh, Murray got sent off and. You know, for me, it, yeah, I think he was a little lucky he stayed on that long. I thought he could have got sent off in the first half. The amount of fouls he committed, particularly the second one, I think, on Winston Reid. And then, again, it might not have got us anywhere near, but I think it was 80, just over 80 minutes. You had the next blatantly elbowed draft Sacco in the box. This is a penalty, a sending off. We score the penalty 3-2. Uh, but that doesn't make any excuses for us not playing very well today. How frustrating from a managerial point of view is that when you've played so well at Tottenham and you've, like you say, you've worked all week leading up to this? Well, it's harder to take really because if we if we'd got them and secured the points against Man United and secured the points against Tottenham as we should have done, um, then you know that this would be a, a bitterly disappointing result. But we'd still be sat on 44 points in the in the top end, and um, you know now because we've not won a game. I think he's sick and drawn too many. We're drifting the wrong way and we didn't want to do that today. Um, we wanted to get back on track with three points and we've got Chelsea and Arsenal coming up and we know how difficult those games are. So even though we've got points against Man United, Southampton uh, and Tottenham, you know, Crystal Palace was, you know, one where if we play to our best, we may have a better chance of getting three points and we've let ourselves down and everybody down today because now going to Chelsea... And Arsenal is, is always going to be difficult, but it's more difficult because we're looking to try and get back on winning ways. And, uh, and sadly for us, it's uh, it's not um, not not to be today, based on really the 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 lack of performance that we gave, which is, like I said, something of a, something of a shock today when uh, I've seen how well we've been playing just recently. You just word, used the word drifting. Is there a concern this season could just drift away for West Ham? I mean, like I said, it's you know. I mean, really, realistically, the sad thing is, like I said, I, I go back to United and Tottenham. That's a real, that's a real blow today. It's a blow because we haven't played very well and we're very disappointed, and we didn't deserve anything out of the game. But you know, when, when you've deserved to win and you haven't, that, that's that's a real blow for us. And like I said, you know, even even though we, you know, we're disappointed today, we we put the, you know, put the ball in the net. We've put the points in the bag. And now when people look back, they'll start saying we've only won one in six now. 
and then we go to Chelsea and Arsenal, you know, that's difficult to win those games. Then it can drift to one in eight or not one, one in eight. Or So we, now we've got to try and go and beat a Chelsea or an Arsenal, which is an extremely difficult thing to do, to try and get back to winning ways. But, you know, the lads have done great up to today, but today, you know, we've let ourselves down, sadly. And just finally, use the word expectation there. Are you managing expectation as well as managing a team here at the moment? Well, we, the expectation is, is that they set their own expectation by how they've, uh, how they've played this season and what people expect of them by the performance that they've, they've seen from them. So the, the lads have built their own expectation on what everybody expects from them by the performance they've given recently. So, and that was obviously today a, low, a, low, a below par performance, sadly. It is a below par, par performance. What do you think of that, John? Yeah, I think it's uh, odd. Well, to be honest, this time around, I have to agree with what he was saying. Really? Yeah. That's because he talks like the beacons. It was below <laughs> par. Look, there's been a lot of debate. Man, the barricades. He <laughs> set that bar high. <laughs> as, so, as, <laughs> as someone said in the said, said in the crowd on Saturday, he said that. Oh, this was going to be like. Now we've had some success. People are starting to get miserable. Yeah, they you? did. I said, "What success?" <laughs> All I'm going to say, I mean, there's a big willy won't he leave. <laughs> there's a big willy. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm going to just carry on. <laughs> there's a big willy. Um, <laughs> Someone shouted, there's a big willy. And all I'll say is. Oh, so what? Be careful what you wish for. I'm a bit <laughs> nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this hole's getting bigger. I'm a bit nervous. I'm a bit nervous that, you know, it's really important we stay up in that last season. You, before, you were nervous before, before the game, weren't you, Sean? Do you remember I was saying? nervous. I'm a bit nervous. It's, it's important we stay up in the last season before the Olympic Stadium, and we can't afford to cop this one up. You know, oh, it's obvious. All right, maybe he's going to want a big contract and a long contract, and the, the board aren't prepared to give him that contract. But I'm really nervous what manager might come in. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Sam's teams don't go down, but Sam's former teams do. I just don't want to see us in a relegation dogfight next season. Mm. So what, what season do we do that? Because what season do we well, actually make se- a change and not well, have to put well, up with it? Well, I know this won't happen, but I would give him one more season extension. I know he won't take it. And then change when we get to Olympic Stadium. But what difference will that make? Because it will give us one more year of building stability. And, you know, this splits the fans. No, don't get me wrong. Sam Allardyce is divisive. He, the, the, there's two sets of fans. Those who like him and those who don't. And it, it's not right. It's not right. And Isn't that he's arrogant and that doesn't help him. He's not liked by the fans. He doesn't want to be liked by the fans. But he knows how to keep people or knows how to keep teams in the Premier League. But then, you know, you, you've got to do something, or something you know, otherwise it's going to be... <clears throat> everyone could see this season how well we were doing and how he, he yeah, changed but, the team around but to you know suit the, his favourite players no. and the form went out the window. I'm sorry, I'm he upset players. Do you, you dis- how, how can you disagree? We, we just, we peaked too early, we right? We peaked too early. We were in fourth place at Christmas Day. That was a false position. We were never going to finish. It wasn't a false position. It we is. were there because Sean, we had enough points. You, <laughs> the last podcast before Christmas, you came here with a running order full of stats. I know. Saying that we and are going to finish fourth. I, because every team, apart from yeah, one in the history of the Premier League, that played. And I was sucked into this false position, like a false nine. <laughs> this was a false position we were in. But no, um, I'm not, and I'm not sitting here, Sean. I'm not sitting here suggesting we should achievable. be fourth. 
I'm not saying we should be fourth. All I'm saying is that if it had stuck with the winning team instead of accommodating Nolan and Carroll at well, his own Well, I'm sorry, will, this is where your argument falls down because Nolan and Carroll were no longer in the team. We played the Diamonds on Saturday and we still lost. He played the Diamonds I think it's more of a thing that towards the end of the season, we get the Diamonds been found uh, out. Sean, he he played the Diamond without playing down in at the head of the Diamond. He's played players up front who are no longer playing for him as much as they were at the beginning of the season because he's pissed them off because he's taken them out of the team. Oh, it's all Sam's fault, of course. That's my opinion. And you're entitled so, to it. And then, so we should just stick with that because he might, we might get relegated next season, which yeah. is your opinion, which is fine. Yeah. And I'm sure it wouldn't it's surprise me. It's a game of me. opinions. It wouldn't yeah. surprise game me. Game of inches. It wouldn't surprise me if we mm. do. It wouldn't be surprise me if we'd be sitting here next year talking about, well, to be honest, if he's, if he's there next year, I'm not doing this anyway. Yeah, so, right. you know, I'm Oof. not going. We have a vacancy for more than just a podcast if Sam is here next season. There you go. Apply oh, yeah. on the Facebook group. Well, I can't come and talk about anyway, it. Anyway, talking, talking of Sam Dice, talking of Sam Dice, we talked about this last, <laughs> sorry, uh, no, the last podcast. I will be going next year because last, next year is the last year. It's the first oh. year of the Olympics. Oh, okay. We do back not track, need back another track, back track. Yeah, No uh, positions on podcasts. I'm not missing that for him. Anyway, last uh, week uh, on Thursday, uh, Nigel Khan, friend of the podcast, Nigel Khan, and myself went to You Are The Ref. Nigel Khan. Which was N- uh, Riley's Sports Bar. Do you know where that is? <laughs> Just by... Um, Let me rock you, Nigel Khan. The Trafalgar Square. Do you know it? Riley's Sports Bar. You've been in it? Uh, I have been, yes. Piccadilly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was talk about modern day refereeing. Sam Allardyce was there in his tracksuit. Uh, <laughs> what reverend? Yeah, everybody else had <laughs> had a, um, a... What you called it? Suit. Everybody else had a suit. Um, uh, Mark Kelsey, do you know him? Yep. Yeah, the, is he still a ref or is he a former Old ref? He's a former, former ref. ref. Um, Keith Hackett, your mate. Never heard of him. I'm going to call him Gollum, but he's not Gollum, is he? Never heard of him. I didn't know if you were looking at me. Or Who are you looking yeah. at? John. You. Oh, me? Oh. Yeah, Who's your, Sky your Sports Keith Hackett, Spanish your guy. mate. Guillaume Bellagay. Yeah. Yeah, out of all of them, you would not talk to him because no. you're like, I don't want to talk to Guillaume Bellagay. Anyway, uh, they had <sighs> awful problems with their sound system. It was really amateur out, but we got through it. It was quite entertaining. Sam Allardyce did call for um, Simbins, 10-minute Simbins. Simba. Uh, for soft yellows. And he also called for like a tennis-style challenge system where managers could challenge a referee's oh, really? decision. Like two, yeah, that's what he called for. Oh, but the rest of it was pretty boring. Sam Allardyce <laughs> had a uh, security guard at halftime to stop West Ham fans talking to him. And he did a runner right, literally, the recording finished. And went, Sam's got to go. And he ran out in his tracksuit out of the room. That's so people like you wouldn't ask him for an interview for Monster's That's podcast. right. So, we needed the talk. Uh, and I must uh, thank Nigel Khan for this. He came up with that idea. Is Why don't we talk to Keith Hackett about that famous sending off in 1991 of the FA Cup semi-final. Never it's a ballsy move. Uh, <laughs> and funny enough, when we were up there, no one was talking to Keith Hackett. They were oh. all talking to your mate. That's because... Gollum. No one likes him. Guillaume. Guillaume Balagay. Oh, no, I was joking. Oh. Gillian. Gillian. <laughs> <laughs> Gideon. Anyway. Question, um, Gideon. To be fair to Keith, um, he did agree to do an interview. Right. Uh, we asked him about the incident. Uh, and I will say, just before the interview... Um, Nigel Khan did go up to him 
put his hand out to shake his hand, and when he went to shake the hand, he pulled him away. Very childish, I know, but uh, it, it gave Nigel a, a little laugh. So here mm-hmm. it is. Uh, finally, Nigel Khan. Uh, Nigel Khan and myself interviewing Keith Hackett about the famous incident of the sending off of uh, Tony Gale. And we welcome to more than just a podcast, villain referee to West Ham fans, Keith Hackett. Hi, Keith. Hi. Good evening. Now, my esteemed colleague here, Nigel, has got a few questions to ask you about a particular game in 1991. I remember it well. I remember it well. Keith, you say that that, if that sending off uh, or offence took place a week before, that that sending off uh, would not have happened because the FA changed the rules? Yes. What it did was, um, I mean, it's absolutely right. The week before, if Tony had committed that, I'd have just awarded a free kick. But what happened was, leading up to the cup final, well into the season, the FA suddenly called us together at a meeting in Coventry and to our amazement said, look guys, you're not applying the law correctly on denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And they then issued a criteria. As a result, I'm the next referee up and I'm, I'm like, when, I, when I've like issued the red card, there's, there's Gary Crosby and others are looking at me and saying, have you got that right, Keith? And Tony's on his way off. Absolutely stunned. He didn't overreact. He just went like, what? And, and I sort of then, from that, said, if I ever get in... I, first of all, I go into the car park. I threw my kit in. I'm absolutely unhappy. And, um, and a guy from the FA came up to me and said, listen... If you hadn't sent him off, we'd have suspended you. And I go, I told him where to go off. And, and then I said, there should never be a point at which a law interpretation or a law change should be introduced or discussed or changed during a season. And that clubs must be aware of any law change. As a result of that, when I became the boss, I said, right, I want the managers in, in three venues, so we give them the opportunity to come to one of the venues and I'll run through the law changes specific and our referees will go into the clubs and explain the law changes. And, and only because of that particular incident. And, uh, you know, I mean, when you look at it, Tony Gale was an absolute key player in that team. I'd refereed West Ham before, I had them against Coventry, terrific match. And uh, and had you know I worked in believe it or not I worked in Romford so you can imagine going into the works area and like getting absolutely castigated by the staff so it was not a happy time for me and it's one of my biggest regrets that I was put in a position with left with no alternative other than to dismiss and I, even now when you look at it now and you know a chatter with Tony. Uh, and Tony's saying, I don't even think I committed a foul. And when you actually look at it, like the criteria is the ball has to be moving towards the goal. If you look at it, this was movement away from the goal. So that, even that criteria, the following season, was clarified. Because I, I, behind the scenes, I can tell you, I was in touch with the FA and said, look, I'm, I'm the, the sacrificial cow here and we've gained nothing. The game has gained nothing by your change at such a late stage in the season. I mean, do you think that would be a sending off 
nowadays? No, because the criteria that has to be is that the probability, in this case Crosby, of controlling the ball, but if you look at it, the ball, the ball and, and the players are supposed to be moving towards the goal. And if you actually look at it now, you can see... I had an excuse, if you like, and maybe it's me reviewing it. I had an excuse. In that situation, Crosby was not... Although he was left-footed, that don't come into account. There was movement away from goal. I think he had the probability of controlling it when he was fouled. But as I say, if you talk to Tony, he will say quite clearly, as he did to me in our meeting, I didn't commit a foul. It looked like Tamia coming together of two players chasing down the ball. Well, that's exactly how Tony explains it. I mean, Tony explains that. And uh, at, at the end of the day, when you, when a lot, a lot of times when you're reviewing this, you know, you're looking at the player, and he's not a dishonest player. You know, he's not, he's not someone who griped for gripe's sake. He came up, we had a genuine discussion, and my view has changed. I mean, at the time, I apologised anyway to him, uh, because... Uh, I knew that he was put in a position where, as I said before, and this might amaze your, your listeners, if that had happened a week before, if that had happened on a Wednesday night and a midweek game, Tony Gale would have only been given against him a foul. He wouldn't have got a yellow card, and he would certainly have not got a red card. And that's the influence of the FA at such late point in the season dictating policy to us on how we should interpret the laws. It doesn't happen now. It wouldn't. A referee doesn't get put in that. Lastly, then, you uh, are a big um, approver of technology in helping decisions. Do you think technology would have helped you in that decision? Then? Yeah. I think, I think, first of all, I might not have even required it in truth, but the reality is the game, I am now to avoid that type of error. You know, we're talking about just just think about this, not the money side of it. You know, the facts are that a player a player's opportunity to go to Wembley might only come once in a career. And my decision has affected the opportunity of that player going to Wembley and perhaps winning a medal. But the other side of it is, look at all those fans that have come up from London to Aston Villa, paid good money with all the things that happened, and I've copped it up. And, and, and you know, that's why I'm pretty harsh against refereeing now. And, and, and say, look... Only change at the beginning of the season. If a referee's got it wrong, admit it. If he's constantly getting wrong, then you don't get the next appointment. And so I'm, I'm quite clear that, you know, as a fan myself, you know, I, I love football. I go and watch my team play. And, and I believe that, you know, West Ham fans rightly gave me a lot of stick on the day. And for months afterwards... Yeah, I, I had a car sticker. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a car sticker that said, Keith Hackett is a cheat. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the, the, great, the great thing was, somebody sent me a recording that, that was with the chance of every time a referee gave a bad decision at West Ham, it was, are you Hackett in disguise? And well, I'm, I'm, I mildly find that amusing, but at the same time, it reminds me of perhaps the worst decision that I ever had to make in football in my career. And I had 34 years of active refereeing. There is actually an award uh, in your honour on a West Ham website, so, and it is the Hackett of the Year. 
Is that right? It is true. On the well, you know, I mean, having worked in that London area, having worked in Romford and coming across a lot of West Ham fans, some of them who played for Fords at Dagenham, and I used to referee their departmentals, and there's a guy here called David Ainsworth who run the referees in Romford. I know what it meant. I know exactly what it meant because ultimately, at the end of the day, the test is you walk to a shop floor that's got a mix of fans, the majority of which are Spurs and Everton and West Ham, and you go, wow, and they tell you. And they tell you. And I didn't have to be told because I knew that on the day I'd, I was the sacrificial cow. Final question. What would you say to West Ham fans listening to this now? Well, there are many who still watch West Ham, and I ruined their day. And I apologise uh, for that. But at the same time, I shoulder some of that blame. But at, at the end of the day, I put the blame onto the FA for making that change and the player not know. Not, neither player, neither manager knew about that, in, that changed interpretation. And, and I can remember going into the into the room, David Allison, who was a football league referee, went, wow, we didn't think that was going to happen, did we? And I've gone, that was the risk. When we sat in that room on a Thursday, we should have stood up and said, get lost, mate, we'll change next season, not this. And we should have done that. Fair enough. Keith, you've been a good sport. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. There it is. Yeah. What do you think, John? I thought it was good. Well done, Sean. Well done, Sean, and not a gun. Well done, Sean. Well, he apologises, I think, for the first time. Um, but we didn't leave it there. No. No, because... Uh, didn't leave it there? Here, what, what at more than just a podcast, we decided to go yes, to get well, the other side of the story. We did. Oh. We, we decided, didn't we? We did. We um, decided. And we decided to ring up um, Tony Gale. And see what he said to uh, wow. Keith Hackett's apology to him and all West Ham fans. So he kindly spoke to us. And he came, yeah, and this is what Good Tony chunk had of to an say. interview as well. Yeah. Nicely done. And we welcome to more than just a podcast, uh, Hammers legend Tony Gale to give us the other side of the. T- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tale that you heard from uh, villain referee uh, Keith Hackett. Hi, Tony. Hi, Sean. You all right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. So um, last night, uh, me and a pal were down in uh, St Riley's, uh, Riley's Sports Bar in London, and there was a, a referee event, and there was Sam Allardyce and uh, and Keith Hackett. So we we thought after the event we'd doorstop him and, and do an interview and ask him for his take of it. I know you've spoken, and I've seen the video of that. Um, but he, he, for the first time, as far as I'm aware, apologised to West Ham fans and, and reissued his apology to you as well for, for, for spoiling the day. Yeah, that's all right, isn't it? About half a century too late, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a, quarter, a, quarter a, a, quarter, yeah a quarter of a century too late. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, what um, he says is, 
he says the FA made him do it, that if it was a week earlier, and I know he's told you this before, you wouldn't have been sent yeah. off, you would have got a yellow card. And that, you know, it's the biggest regret of his 34 years. It's the worst decision he made in 34 years, which I've never heard Keith Hackett say. And, you know, he wished he could take it back, but he, he did apologise to all the fans that came up and, and, and spent their money going up to, to, um, to Villa that day. Yeah, I mean... Um... A fantastic day was spoiled. We'll never know what the outcome of the game would have been. We still fancied our chances, and it would have made the dream final, actually, if we'd have beaten Forest and um, got to the final against Spurs, because they played that morning, and we watched it at Wembley. Um, people remember Gaza scoring against the Arsenal. And we really fancied that game against Spurs, although we were in the championship. We fancied turning them over, as we did Forest, but... Um, I, I appreciate the apology now, but I still find it very hard to accept that. I know Keith said that it was a, the FA had, had said to him, uh, virtually in the car park afterwards, great decision, Keith. Uh, if you hadn't sent Tony off, then probably you wouldn't have refereed another game. But I find yeah. that a little bit hard to believe. Um, and I still, even when I saw Keith... Um, all the amicable stuff, and I had done an interview with him, I still thought it was a decision, that it was an egotistical decision, that he thought he would be the first to make that decision after that ruling came out. And I've seen the... I haven't seen the video for ages, and I saw yeah. it. And I'm really, even today's current standards, where it's so, you know, so strict, I still wouldn't have got sent off, and I still don't think I actually fouled him. So... Uh, yeah. I'll well, I've just I've just made a new edit. I've just put a new YouTube video up today, actually, that is this, which is a clip of that that sending off. Because a lot of people, obviously, a lot of West Ham fans uh, weren't around 24 years ago. So, so I'm I'm introducing the whole debate to a whole new generation of West Ham fans to to see what they think about it. I mean, he he says he he did he repeat. He said he would the FA told him he would have been suspended if he hadn't have sent you off. Yeah, I still find that a little bit hard to believe because I know the ruling had come out in that midweek and we were aware of that. We've been, uh, you know, there was quite a, um, a little bit of publicity about it. But, you know, if I honestly had meant to take Gary Cosby down, then I might have accepted the decision. But, um, <laughs> in all, all quite honestly, it was just a tangle of legs. And if you look at the angle that we was um, we were running at, uh, when everybody looks at the video, and look at all the players around that were affecting it, and I know the, the wordings of the law have changed now, but still, for the life of me, he would have had everything to do to score a goal. Um, and, you know, I still I still can't see it as a sending off, and it ruined everyone's yeah. day. Mine, it did. my it family, did, yeah. your, my other family, the West Ham fans. Yeah. And um, But funny enough, Sean, um, out of that day... Uh, there was a kind of bond between players, me, myself, and West Ham fans that has never been broken because their reaction was quite, quite incredible, which I'm sure um, most people, you know, went would would say that probably that was one of the most memorable games they've been to for the the bonding of fans, players, management, and everyone. Yeah, I mean, what happened when you got sent off? I mean, obviously, as you know, the crowd got louder and louder. And cheered even the goals going in. What 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 happened? Did you just go down the tunnel and and go somewhere else? Or did yeah, you, well, did you watch uh, the game? Aston Villa, there's steps up to the tunnel, uh, up to the foyer where there's a foyer, and it was locked. And I had to hang about for the keys to get into the changing room, so I couldn't get in. I couldn't, didn't know what was happening. 
uh, I think the BBC actually asked me to do an interview while I was up there, and I told them where they could go with that. Um, yeah. Because of the sending off, and you know how you know what a decision it was. So eventually, I got in the changing room. Um, obviously, had a shower. I was just hit, listening to the roars. I think we hit the post in the first half. Actually, George Paris. We did, yeah. Post. I think George Paris. Yeah, yeah. Just after you. Yeah. Off, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a miracle in itself, Georgia getting up that far. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, when they came in, obviously it was nil-nil. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether Bill was going to give me a, a bollocking or, or just, uh, you know, just sit down and, and say anything. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything at all. He just went on about, you know, what we were going to do for the second half. And then um, he said to the lads, like, you know, gave his Chilean speech just before they went out, if you don't do it for the fans out there, if you don't do it for me, you don't do it for anyone, do it for your mate here who's just had the worst refereeing decision ever against him. Do it for your mate. Anyway, they couldn't have been very good mates, could they, Sean? They lost 4-0. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. The funny thing was, Sean, as we were going out, I went to go... The, the team went down, and I hung about with Billy and his coaching staff, and I had my tracksuit on, and I went to go out on the field of play and sit in the dugout. And a, um, a, an FA official and a blazer come up and said, Tony, sorry, you cannot go near the field of play. You've been sent off from the field of play. And Billy just gave him a pull and said, try stopping him. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I actually went and sat in the dugout, which was quite funny because you're not allowed to do that, are you? When you sent yeah, off, no, you have to go off. But uh, yeah. now I went and watched the second half and suffered like everyone else, which is. Uh, yeah. But suffered and got goosebumps as well, you know, with the, the reaction of the crowd. I mean, that it really was, was, was incredible, yeah. But it wasn't just that, Sean. It was the fact that I had to miss the last couple of games of the season when we were going for the title, and we didn't have a fit centre back. Yeah. And uh, we ended up losing the title and going up as runners-up, which was fine going up, but everybody wants to win the title. And it, had I played, not saying I was the difference or whatever, but because we were short of centre-backs, uh, we would probably have won the league, no problem at all. You know? Yeah. So you talked on the last video when I saw it, when you recorded it with, with Hackett, saying, I'm not going to shake your hand on air or on camera. Did you shake his hand after, after the filming stopped? Well, I had to. He was so apologetic. He was so apologetic. Yeah. And um, there, was a, there was a genuine sign of remorse. But I still can't understand it. Like, if I was a... If you're a proper bloke, you don't make that decision. You don't make no. that decision. You would suffer the consequences yourself. And you could argue your point. You could challenge your point that why you didn't send me off. And I'm sure Keith wouldn't have got banned from football. There's no way that he was a top referee at the time. Uh, but there's no way they would have got banned from football. You can't tell me they would have banned yeah. a referee for a dubious, at the very least, dubious decision because uh, that's what it was. I mean, it was, it was a shocker, really. Yeah, well, I shook his hand, even as a West Ham fan last night, but his <laughs> ego was still oh. really big and proud last night at the event. You really knew Keith Hackett was there. Even though he's retired now, his, his ego is still very, very big. Well, I know, and, uh, you know, he was the chief of referees um, up to a good few years ago, wasn't he? He was doing that, and, you know, he's obviously big up in the referees thing. And, you know, he had a very good career, actually, Keith. Uh, but I just think that that was probably one decision that blotted his, blotted his copybook. And I hope that, you know, he is as apologetic as he said yeah. he is, because uh, 
you know, it's taken a hell of a long time, mate, hasn't it? You know, and uh, yeah. Well, he said he did say it made him when he became in charge of refereeing. He said it drove him, if he's to be believed, drove him to make sure another mistake was never made like that. He did say, I'll quote, it was the worst decision he made in 34 years of of refereeing. So that's a big admission for him. And he said what he wanted to do is change the system when he became chief referee to make sure those kind of things never happened. That the, the FA never put referees in that position again. I mean, he, he claimed that the players and the managers didn't even know about the rule. That was his claim on the interview. Um, but he said, we need to brief, we need to use better technology and everything else. And, you know, fair play to him. He's, he's apologised to the West Ham fans and, and uh, you know... I, I've, I'm the feeling let bygones be bygones. I know you might have a different view of that. <laughs> no, I, well, there's nothing you can do about it now. But you know what? In my role now, which I do, you know, obviously 700 games playing as a pro and 2,000 live games commentating on. You know, live commentaries that I do and analysis, sitting there by the TV doing the analysis and doing live commentaries and done them all over the world. It was never in a million years that I would have said that was a sending off if that was someone else and not me. But being it was me, it was kind of a little bit surreal, wasn't it? You know, you're in that position. But, you know, my position now where it's my job to call a, a decision as quick as I can on TV and then have a look at the analysis of the uh, slow motion and see if it was the correct decision. Still no way. Still no way yeah. at all. And I, I can't remember who was the... Pundits, um, it was Bobby Charlton and uh, Neil Warnock. Was Charlton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they both said it was a shocker as well. And uh, everybody was in agreement. But you cannot believe what it done to me for a, a good, well, that season, the rest of that season, you know. And I don't think I kicked all the way for another two nights. I couldn't speak to anyone because you have the feeling that you've let people down. Well, that wasn't my fault, but I knew it wasn't my fault. You still had that feeling that you'd let people down. And, you know, on a big, big occasion like that, you know, and there's been guys who hatchet men getting sent off and you say good riddance, didn't you? Like someone like Willie Young when he tried to trip Paul Allen up, for instance. That was a blatant foul. You know, and that, nothing done. And, and there's other other occasions, loads that I, I could think of if I sat down about it and had a little thought. But, you know, even though it was me, and I'd say it for anyone else, I would protect them, that was a shocker. So you yeah. shouldn't have shook his hands, Sean. Yeah, well, 24 <laughs> years later, I don't think you're ready to forgive him just yet, are you? <laughs> no, I mean, but uh, it's one of those things. And you know what? It, <laughs> It doesn't make you famous, it makes you infamous, doesn't it? It's one of those. Yeah. And it's, uh, but it's funny when you have all those games like I've had in my career and done what I've done in the media in the last 20 years or so, people still remember that. If you yeah, say my name, that is the yeah. one thing that they remember. You know, and yeah. to be fair, I mean, sometimes you get fed up with telling the story, but yeah. sometimes you want to tell the story because of the way the most important thing that the fans were, and I'd always be grateful for them on that day, and ever since, because whenever I still get a great reception when I, you know, go around doing dinners with West Ham fans or at the ground, or I think it was at Spurs last year, and happened to walk past them because I'd come done a, um, a a commentary Spurs West Ham in the League Cup, we beat them, and um, I had to walk across, and the West Ham fans had been locked in, five thousand of them, 
So I was just yeah, walking past, but I had my sky jacket in, and they all started chanting my name. Do you know what? I was I there, yeah, I remember it. I was in the crowd yeah, that I... night, a rainy night, when we, we beat Spurs, yeah. and, and you walked by, and we all sung, yeah, I was there in the crowd that night. Yeah, and, you know, you just want to stop and jump in the crowd with them. Indeed, I went up West Brom last week. I went to West Brom in the Cup, and I went with my pals, and I sat in with our crowd. A different yeah. class, absolutely. I mean, six and a half thousand went up to West Brom. And I wanted to do it as a fan and went with my pals because I had a day off if Sky don't televise the FA Cup. And I sat yeah. in there thinking, blimey, I mean, we were awful that day, West Ham. You know, yeah, we were. Four could have been six, you know, and we were never going to score a goal. But I just sat up there thinking, how must they have felt in the semi-final if that's how they feel today? Because it, it kills your dreams, but they still cheered. And it was brilliant, Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, a lot of people were very, very upset and the emotions came over in the car park, as we know. But, Tony, thanks for telling the story one more time for us uh, and being, <laughs> I guess, more than just a podcast. Uh, you've been a great sport and, uh, yeah, good luck. Cheers, Sean. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. You're very pleased with that, aren't you, Sean? It's a very good interview. Well done. Yes, it's, 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 it's good really work. Good. Pay, good work. What are you, you looking Nigel, at? Nigel and... Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> what are you looking at that for? I don't know. <laughs> We are recording. Yeah, we are recording. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Obviously, he's not ready to f- forgive and forget. And uh, I'm sure you heard him say that uh, you shouldn't have shook his hand, Sean. Oh, I think I think I think he's has forgiven to some degree. Whether he forgets, well, he still says, you know, he's he's played 700 games and commentator over 2,000. He never sees it as a uh, sending off, Reese. You've seen it for the first time. Yeah, I have. It's not, I don't think it's a sending off. I, don't, I think he's too far away from the. If he was in the middle of the pitch, it was more likely. If, but it, it's too far away, and there's two other defenders closing down with the one that uh, with Tony Gale that brings him down. So, I can't see how it's a red card. I think because of the the new ruling. I think that was in his head from the start, and that's why he sent him off. Well, like Tony said, it was egotistical of Hackett. He wanted to be the first. This was about ego. Could have been, yeah. Maybe they were told to George, do being uh, not born... What, what year were you born? 92. 92. So you missed this. You weren't even born. Uh, <laughs> you were a twinkle in John's eye. Well, I don't know about that. No, you might have... No, let's not go into that. He was... He was alive, but just not born at the time. <laughs> so ruined well, depends, your kids, really. Media work. I don't think, yeah, so, I don't think I was. If it's, I don't know. If they got semi-final in 1991, it would have been May. It um, was April. April. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I wasn't even no, alive. Anyway, you've seen it for the first time. What do you think? Um, I think it would be a red card in today's game. I disagree. Yeah, Do you think he would have got mistaken identity, though, if it was this Possibly. week? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Just easily someone else. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, probably <clears throat> time to move on anyway. <laughs> move on. It's only been uh, 25 years. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Song, what's going on there? Well, it's a strange one because I'm getting conflicting stories. Um, what is without a doubt is... Alex Song had deleted most of his photos and posts from yeah, his Instagram account today. 
All, the, all, all posts that have something to do relating to West Ham. Well, I think it might be more <coughs> than that, because he's left literally 21 posts, and I, I believe he had lots of other posts before that. So, KUMB ran a story saying that he's had a falling out with West Ham, that he'd asked for 100 grand a week, that he's already on 85, uh, and he, he got the ump and um, took down anything West Ham-related off his Instagram. Um, one of the contributors on I'm Views gives another version and said, we all need to calm down. It's got nothing to do with West Ham, that he'd misspelled um, his clothing brand on all those posts, and that's why he took it down, his hashtag. He said, 100% true. The, the hashtag, what, what's the name of his brand? System Cap Yeah, so he'd, he'd spelt that wrong on all of them, and that's why he removed it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. I mean, obviously, Mother something Khan. has gone on with um, <laughs> Alex Song because he's not the player since he came back from Cameroon. He's not had the form he had in the beginning of the season. But I don't know. I don't know what he's the truth off, is. I did know. speak to a source close to the club <clears throat> who said there were no, negotia- uh, no, no, no negotiations going on at the moment. So... We're not even at a stage of offering him a new contract. So this stuff right. going around that he, he was offered the same money as Carroll and refused no, it isn't I, true? I don't believe it's true. Lies. Well, showbiz lies. Well, I think agents and other people try and get stuff out. I mean, we know Alex Song has got history with, with Arsenal and has got attitude, so Arsenal fans would probably go. And Barcelona would say, well, you're getting your comeuppance. But my understanding is... Well, he's not getting his We wouldn't make a decision yet of making a permanent deal for Song anyway. Song's form in the second half will not warrant an £85,000 a week player. Well, even if he's on 75, it doesn't warrant. What he has highlighted is the need for that type of player, the ball controlling and winning. But then again, is there any point in signing someone if there's going to be a new manager? The new manager might come in and say, I don't want him. True. That might be one point. of the reasons. That might be why. It's, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a big... As, as much as a so good no, player, I, he you potentially ask, is. You ask here, is yeah. Nene his replacement? No. But no. starters, they don't even play don't the same play in the same position at all. He's just... Uh, he's a he's a buy just to annoy people, isn't he? You know, That's he was he on 52 and a half grand in Qatar, but um, he's on low wages to come to the Premier League. And he showed what he could do by hitting the the bar straight away with him post. minutes coming mm. on. Did he? Hit yeah. Post, yeah. Was I still there at that point? No, no you'd gone. You'd gone. Right. Uh, we're off to Dubai in the sun. Yeah. So mm. Thursday, we're nice playing, are we? Where are we going? We are playing Chelsea on uh, Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll turn them over. And after that, the boys are jumping on a aeroplane and going off to Dubai Please. Sports City. It's, it's not us, the by the way. It's the, t- the first players. team. A few of them are staying behind for fitness training. Uh, I guess they're the ones with, you know... Injury problems. Injury problems. Or scared of flying. It'll be interesting whether Alex Song goes. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm sure he will. So do we agree with this? I know know Sam Allardyce has done this with all his teams. He's been doing it for the last 14 years. If, If we're... The losses and everything else. Is it good? Is it a jolly? Does it recharge their batteries? I mean, you're putting on someone on a plane for a long period of time. How long is the flight to Dubai? Um... It's about eleven hours, isn't yeah. it? Well, they don't. They're not going to fly in a, a, a normal. Oh, we know they are. They'll have beds and whatnot. I think. Do you know the last year? I think Alpari paid for it all, so it would be interesting. I don't know if probably Betway. Betway. I'll pay um, for it. 
Um, There's no point, though. What's but do you point? think w- warm weather training it's 11 hours, is, right. is uh, helpful? Well, it might be in a good mood, that's about it, but... I don't know, it just sort of It comes it out the club's rub- pocket, there's no point. It in that it's a them and us. If it's an external source that's paying for it, then fair enough. To be, to be honest with you, it does seem a little bit pointless to the fact that, you know, we can't really achieve much more this season than other to sort of like try and sustain a so decent finish in the Premier League. You would cancel it and send maybe 25 um, season ticket holders in their place to Dubai instead. Picked for a training camp. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> How would you fare with warm weather training in Dubai, Sean? <laughs> I think I would do very well. <laughs> I would cancel it. There, is there any... Ga- there's no games out there, is there? Uh, training games. They've got little pitches and everything. So I don't think... No, I mean, it's not like they're... they're <coughs> not any competitive friends. games. No, I, yeah. I would cancel it, Sean, and then put the money back into the next season ticket season, season ticket Ooh. price rises. Good call. <laughs> it's got, that's got to be somewhere... Anyway, like have fun in the... Uh, sun. Sun, guys. Have a great time, guys. Yeah, you've earned it. We you miss it. you. Mm. We'll, we'll miss you. We'll, you never know. It might beat Chelsea four 0 and they have. Yeah. Uh, just podcast fantasy league update. So going off John's advice from last week, yeah. Sean's expanded this segment somewhat. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Give me that look for. <laughs> it's not fair to me more to read. <laughs> it's not fair to all these other people <laughs> other than us. In the leader is Hick. Chidurchi still. He's doing well. He's in first with 1,547 points. In second place is Jeremy Pike. He's on 1,526 points. points behind. Um, third place is Stephen Roberts in third with 1,521 points. Just four. Do we know if the trophy's been... Um, yeah, we will get the trophy. So, Hick, so that Hick's done well to stay in front there. Yeah, I want to have a look at his team. If I can remember my password. Sean is up to 17th. Up four places. George is up to 93rd. Well done. You've broken into the top 100. I'm still I'm you are moving one, up. I reckon we'll be top one, 10 by the end of the you season. You were 101 last week, so well done. Uh, Reese is down to 147. Oh, yeah, not my, I don't think any of my players play anymore. Well, John moves stays on 169. <laughs> John moves stays. <laughs> <laughs> and on the bottom of the <laughs> pile is Cesar. He, he's so far behind it, he's just going to win that. Um, oh, John wanted to win that. I know. The wooden spoon. Wooden spoon. Anyway, it's time for this. Yes, it's Facebook Twitter question time. It's where we ask you, the listener, to get in touch with us, the podcast, via social media channels, facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast, or at more TGA podcast on Twitter. Slowing up the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean asked on the Facebook page earlier today, which is facebook.com forward slash Mordred's podcast, podcasting tonight around 7pm. Tell us stuff. Ask us stuff. Moan about stuff. We also have the Keith Hackett and Tony Gale interviews. Time to forgive and forget, question mark. Um, we've got loads here, actually. 19. Greg Milker says, it seems to me that Alex Song has become quite the liability. Am I wrong in thinking that? And when do you think we will see our next victory? Uh, he hasn't been performing to his best of his abilities, has he, recently? No. I just think he's, like, a lot of them just looking to looking go, looking for the end of the season. Yeah. And uh, when do we think we'll see our next I victory? Know. I don't know. When did he know it? Just can't see it. Ooh, John Boreham says, "Why did Big Sam only make <laughs> one substitution on Saturday?" 
Surely when you're 3-1 against 10 men, you just go for it. Yeah, well, he is a tactical genius, so who knows? I'd you have to be a tactical I'd genius. I said that to you, Sean, didn't I? I said, who's, who else? What other strikers we've got left on the bench he should bring on? Who do we have? No one. Carlton, we didn't, Carlton was injured. Carlton oh, was injured. he? Elliot Lee's on loan. Yeah. Nene was on the pitch. A guy working for me at the moment said, Luton season ticket holder. He says, Elliot Lee is outstanding. For Luton? He said he's, he works really hard. Jarvis on the bench. That he's doing very well. Good well, no getting one. the facts up. Yeah, you know. Nigel Khan says, serious question. Fans demand loyalty when three down. With still half an hour to go, we start walking out. Twice in a fortnight I've witnessed this. Luckily, some of us 24 years ago were made of sterner stuff and in the face of adversity, back the team till the end. Nigel Khan. Was that Nigel Khan? People that? moan about modern football, but if they can't stomach watching your team get beat, perhaps they are part of the problem. <laughs> George. Yeah, George. <laughs> yeah, George. I was hungover. Oh, I had a headache. Oh, that's what they all say. I didn't have a headache. I that's just what felt she a bit said. sick and was very tired. Darren Kitchen said, when making cheese on toast, do you butter the lightly toasted side before putting the cheese on? That's mm. true. I always do that. I don't. It was a question, do you? Yeah. Reese. Yeah. Reese, have you ever made cheese on toast? No, I don't no. have cheese on toast. Um, has Alex Song started eating lots of cheese since Xmas? His performances have been largely the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> we think he's <laughs> we evil. This person on the I was speaking bus. to Huey Southern and he said it was his evil twin came back from Cameroon. Oh, forgive. Hack. Did you know, actually, fun fact, Rigobert Song is Alex Song's cousin? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. Didn't know that. I'll forgive Hackett as soon as he turns into a piece of cheese so I can grill him. Uh, and I'm not a great fan of cheese. Lewis John Aaron Trout says, We have had some bad luck recently, but Saturday's showering was a show- showing was a shower of shite. That's a tongue twister. I expected us to turn on the star in Dylan's memory, but for the second season against Palace, we failed to do so. Massive reaction needed on Wednesday now, and Keith Hackett ruined my childhood. We didn't mention it, did we? Yeah, yeah the Dylan, Dylan Tom Beadis. Yeah, we all applauded on 38 minutes, didn't we? We did. Mm. We did. Are you filming me or something? You actually? Yeah. What do you mean, not? I'm just taking a picture of you. Uh, Dan Brazil. No, Mark Bright. Sorry. Actually, Nigel Khan first. Nigel Khan. Again. The interview with Hackett was brilliant. First class. You should have that bloke on more often. I think he's talking about himself, not Keith Hackett. Yeah. Mark Bright says, just seen that Alex Song deleted everything to do on his West Ham on his Instagram account. Has he had a fallout with Sam or has he had enough? We covered that one earlier. He just spelt the name of his brand wrong. Dan Brazil says they are selling Betway shirts on the club website or giving people a patch to stick over their Alpari logo. It is a bit amateur. Is this the commercial aspirations of a club who's moving to a state-of-the-art stadium and aspiring to the business model of the now, likes I, of I, Arsenal? I, I Stay classy, West Ham I United. can ask, ask this. Apparently, yes, they did want to reprint the shirts, but Adidas allegedly said they do not have the capacity in their factories to make the shirts, and that is why we've got a patch on our shirts. When they just get made, that like is the, what the I've Taz, been told. The Taz ones not you get, officially, in like but that Spain. is what I've been told by a source close to the club. You should wear like the Taz that's ones. True or not? Sports, make your own mind sports up. World, Sports Direct print shirts every day. We need these eleven. This is, I'm talking no, about I think, manufacturing. I think he's talking about man actually making the shirts ready to be. Well, you only, you only need to make fifteen, don't you? And and. No, or, or no make one you've each got, squad if they're member. replicas, they've got to be the same as the ones. Well, people will start wanting them, won't they? With it's fair enough. Proper. Uh, Dan also adds they had a great opportunity to put DT38 on the shirt or even the Bobby Moore Foundation, but I guess it's all about the money. Yes. Joan Rutherford said, Has Sam given up because he knows he's going at the end of the season? 
are we safe from the drop? I dread the Chelsea game and I just hope that I'm wrong and that we can put in a good performance. One point from safety. I think we're all dreading the Chelsea game a little bit. Well, I'm not because I'm not going. No, but it still doesn't mean you're not dreading it. Well, just won't watch it. Hick Chidurchi, our leader. Yeah. Go on, Hick. Says, observation, we really miss Andy Carroll as a defender at corner set pieces. That's a good point. He's a good point. Uh, Stat attack, I'm pretty sure we are yet to double anyone or be doubled this season. Is this true? I can't remember anyone we've done the double over. Um, no. We've still got City to play away. Yeah, true. I am pretty sure we are yet... Oh, I've read that bit. <laughs> so, given we lost first time round to Chelsea and Arsenal, perhaps there's some hope. Good point. Great podcast, by the way. As an ex-season ticket holder who now lives in Australia, it's great to keep in touch with everything West Ham. Thanks, Hick. You're right. our leader. Keep winning our league, and uh, Sean will send you a well, trophy right now yeah. if he's all from the way Australia. to Australia. Yeah. Will you? Mm. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Will you? yeah. Don't get it lost like a trombone, trombone. or something in the... Aaron Sean Watkins says, where do we go from here? Do we need a changing tactic? Do we drop the underforming players, Song and Downing? I think we should, we should for Chelsea, start Nene in Downing's position and if needed, push him to midfield and bring Poye in. Push him from midfield, I think you mean. Yeah, Poye really is not... Poye hasn't a look in, has he? No, what's the point of bringing Poor him Poye. back? Poye. He was brought in as a, someone for... For the future. For the future. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to read that well. first one, Billy Allen. But his second one is, is Sam not bringing on Nolan to make a point to the fans? Why is Valencia playing out wide and not up front alongside Sacco? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe Valencia drifts out wide, yeah. like naturally, because you have mentioned before, John, that you thought he was a winger rather than a striker. More than an out-and-out striker, yeah. He is a skillful player, but he doesn't seem to like the rough and tumble. Of the Premier League, he does he? very hot and cold. Next season, he's going to be a world beater. So, so Gary Prince, either that or he's going to go for twenty-one million in the summer. Chelsea, That's fine yeah. too. Gary Prince says, after failing to come with Glenn Murray, will our defence do better against Diego Costa? <laughs> 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 Let's hope so. Roger Ribeiro says, Big Fat Sam doesn't seem to be trying to win his new contract. Has he had enough? Taking his foot off the gas because of relative safety or just bad luck? Bad luck. Bad luck. This is such a strange situation. I, like many, have had enough of him, but I can't find a suitable replacement and unfortunately think it's best to stick with him until the Olympic Stadium here, move. Here, here, here. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It is a strange situation. It I is agree. a strange It's unique. Can you look on the Twitter? A lot of players, I think. Uh, to search at more TGA podcasts. It, it, was an, it is a un- unique situation. A lot of players don't know whether he's going to stay. I think it's just a lot of uneasiness in there really no one really knows what's, what's going on what's no one knows up. whether to I know impress the new manager or think you know what you're going at the end of the season but there's so, so much try. talk about the club's ambition and how we're, we're becoming you know financially stable now all this money coming in from the new television deal as well and the move to Limit Stadium it's all there in place I would just try and be a bit ambitious and go for someone you know if someone who's mm. you know doing well in the Premier League do like, like, I don't like to say it, but like Tottenham did, and go and nick a, a manager who's performing well in the league. It's all a gamble, though, isn't it? It's all a gamble. Tony Pierakos says there has been a lot of, lot of love for Jenko and Cresswell this season, but it's only when they are pushing up whilst attacking that they're at their best. When defending, they have cost us goals and points. I still want them, but maybe we need to bring an, in a new defensive coach. 
He does have a point there, doesn't he? I think that's very all good fullbacks, though. I think fullbacks now are just wingers. Wingers. Johnny Robertson says, if Fat Sam is still manager next year, I'm going to stop watching and supporting West Ham until he's gone. Oh. My question would be, why is Fat Sam scared of playing the youth? Diego Poye sits on the bench getting no games. It's like he has a hidden agenda against the West Ham Youth Academy or something. It's just not good enough, in my view. Gary Prince says, in your opinion, what is the main reason from the fall from fourth to Xmas to ninth? Fourth at Xmas to ninth now. We've, we've only got eight points from ten games. And an embarrassing cup defeat. Is it just fatigue, injuries, and bad luck, like Big Fam, Big Fat Sam suggests? I just think no one knows what's going on. Insecurity. I, I, yeah. I, th- I think he, he uncertainty. Uncertainty. That's I think he substituted players out who were in form and took them out of form by taking them out of the team for his preferred starting lineup. In my opinion, and uh, that was the start of it. What was the start of it? That was the start of oh, it. Oh, that was the start of it. And that all happened around Christmas time. I'll go back. When he, when he, when he um, rested Song and Sacco for the Chelsea game. Oh, but that, that was the start of it, actually. That was the start of it. We're good to well remember, John. Uh, and on Twitter, at more TGA podcast, Robert Byrne says, who is the chairman of the Sydney Hammers? He Hammers, is, yeah. Not? And friend of the podcast. Not he the Melbourne Hammers. The he says the <laughs> FFDU annual awards are coming up again for 2015. The FFDU is the ultimate community for football fans across Australia and New Zealand. They obviously have some sort of awards ceremony. Sydney Hammers are hoping to go one better than last year and win the award. Yeah, well, so I don't know if there's... You can vote can you vote it at FFDU if, if you want uh, to vote, if you yeah. can? <laughs> don't really know. Yeah, so Robert, you haven't put given it, us enough information. If you want us to vote... Put group. to vote, we'll have to reach out. Facebook group, so let us To know. our mass uh, 350 likes. And, uh, hello to all you Sydney Hammers and Melbourne Hammers. If you're listening to the... And uh, Brisbane Hammers. If you're listening to the podcast Perth anywhere Hammers. in the world, I know we're very popular in Papua New Guinea at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Mm. Yeah, um, we are. <laughs> please go onto our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast, and just click like. Thank you. Mm. Um, predictions for Chelsea at home. Oh, Six like, nil can loss. Just, can I just say one quick one? Uh, Nigel yeah. did say one which made me laugh yesterday, which is Coleman blames no one but admits they just weren't good enough. Cooman. Let's hear what our gaffer has to say. He's right. Cooman doesn't blame. He's not a blamer. Go and get Cooman. Yeah, go and get Cooman. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Cooman. Anyway, uh, sorry. Prediction for Chelsea 6 0 loss. I don't think we'll lose that badly. Um, I'm gonna be, I hate predicting a loss though, so I'm gonna go for a part of the bus nil nil draw. Because I can't I can't bring myself <laughs> we to normally, say a loss. We normally lose by four to Chelsea. Reese, Chelsea uh, fan. It's <laughs> no secret. Two nil loss. Really? So well, I've got Chelsea fan or, or No 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 as a neutral. West Ham loss. Okay. Nil nil is the best of it. Though. It is, yeah. Six nil I reckon. Really? Thank you for listening to Andrew's podcast. Podcast? Uh, I've George, Sean's been. Sean? Reese has been. Boring. Oh, good one, yeah. <laughs> Sean's <Sorry>. been funny. <laughs> John's been. <laughs> I've lightened up. Wait. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Come, Come on, on, your eyes. Yeah. Come on, your eyes. Great time. Bye. Bye. How was your journey in, by the way? Mm-hmm. Dana. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. 
big willy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.